What's up, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of 3 and D. I'm Paul Lombardi. I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Review and Preview Network for my weekly NBA and college basketball show. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. In tonight's episode, we'll be taking a look at some of the, this week's headlines that have come across the NBA and college basketball, the new AP poll that just dropped, the top college games of the week, and later on, as the episode states, I'll be revealing my 2022 All-Star predictions to help bring in the new year. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's enjoying the new year, 2022. Hopefully it'll be a lot better than the past two years. But, you know, that's all we can hope for at this point. You can also follow at the 3 and D on Twitter to stay updated with breaking news around the leagues and news on episodes and uploads. So without any further ado, we'll jump right into it. We'll jump into some of the news that has broke around the NBA. Over the past couple of weeks, first things first, Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood both got suspended for a game. Um, this kind of broke a couple of days ago that uh, during halftime, one of their games, their interim head coach, John Lucas, uh, was reprimanding them. Kevin Porter Jr. took offense to that uh, and apparently went home, did, uh, didn't ended up leaving the entire stadium uh, at halftime and Christian Wood refused to enter the game in the second half. Uh, I don't know exactly what transpired all the, every single detail behind it, but it's not a good look, especially for a guy that um, has had a lot of issues in the past two at USC and, and when he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, you know, it was. It's definitely. It's definitely not a great look for, for either side. And for you know the Rockets who are trying to rebuild, it's it's a, a, definitely a crazy one. Um, you know Porter had the reason why that he left the Cavs was because of issues he had uh, in the in the locker room. Uh, he had issues at USC the one year that he played there. He's a tremendous talent, but you know it'll be interesting to see if they can you know if they can figure figure it out try to get this group together um and you know Kevin Porter Jr can actually uh get get things going and you know not be not have as many locker room issues I should say and we got Donald Hill of the three man weave what's up 
Uh, that's wild. Very wild. It's absolutely is. Uh, nice to hear from you. Donald Hill, go check them out too. We we just had them on um, on the show a couple weeks ago. Fantastic episode. One of the best episodes of the new season for sure. So everybody go check that out. You can check that out on our YouTube channel. And that's for sure. Tremendous talent, major headache. That's exactly what uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is. He's He's got the talent to be an all an all NBA scorer for sure, but it's a 20 plus point game per game score, but it's these issues continuous continuously keep coming up. So, you know, it'll be, be interesting to see um, where they go from there. But the news came out that Porter and Wood are both going to be suspended for a game by the team. So be interesting to see what that's, you know, transpires to Steven Silas right now is in, uh, is in COVID protocols. So he's not manning the ship. Right now, it's John Lucas, who is one of his assistants, who is doing it. So um, I'm not sure. It's it's. I'll tell you what. It's impossible to keep track of all these COVID protocols. So I don't know if uh, Silas is in is you know intact to uh, to return to game action uh, for for their next game when KPJ and Wood both are out, but. You know, these COVID protocols just get crazier and crazier. I'm telling you, every team's got so many. Every team, every player is a di- has a different uh, set of days, too. You know, it's all about symptoms and, you know, when you when they think you'll be – when you can test negative, when you're not going to be contagious anymore, all that kind of stuff. is just – it's absolutely wild stuff. So it's almost impossible. Every single team is dealing with it right now. Every single coaching staff is dealing with it. Um, so it's impossible to truly keep track of it until, you know, the majority of the league gets back, but okay. That's, that's some big news, Kevin Ward Jr. And some other interesting news, us early 2010s basketball fans like to see Lance Stevenson is back on the Pacers. He's there for his third stint now. Um, his first time there since the 17-18 season, he obviously played 2010 to 2014 for the Pacers to start his career. Uh, was a key part of those good Pacers teams that went up against the Heat uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Paul George, Rudy, Roy Hibbert, and the entire squad, Lance Stevenson, was a big part of those teams. Uh, spent the past few weeks with the Atlanta Hawks this past He started off this season. He was out of the NBA the last couple of years. Started off this season um, in the G League and was playing really well and got a 10 day contract from the Hawks to fill in for some of their COVID players and his, his 10 day expired. So he, uh, so the Pacers offered him one. So it'll be interesting to see if he sticks around. The Pacers have been struggling big time this year, so they can afford to, you know, bring in a, a fan favor like that. I'm telling you, Indiana fans absolutely love Lance Stevenson. Like I've seen nothing but, high praise for the fact that that he's back and how excited they are. So that's definitely some good news in Pacer land because there has not been much good news at all this year for, for the Indiana Pacers. You know, they're looking to possibly start a rebuild. It's a whole lot of chaos. Sabonis wants out. Apparently they're shopping Levert. Uh, Miles Turner wants out. Apparently shopping Brogdon too, who I believe is coming the last year of his contract. It's, wild times there. So little Lance Stevenson uh, is, is definitely good. Definitely a positive for the Pacers. And another uh, 
interesting trade that went down too. The Rajon Rondo Denzel Valentine deal became official. So Rondo was headed to the Cavs in a three team trade. Obviously, he wasn't getting many minutes for the Lakers and was not doing much with the minutes he was getting. So the Lakers uh, opted to dump his contract, send him over to the Cavs. Ricky Rubio just tore his ACL and is out for the season for the Cavs, who was having a big season for them too. So this gives them some very solid point guard depth. They're having a tremendous year this year. The Cavs are about seven games over 500. They're making a push for a playoff spot with their young squad. So they're trying to bring in Rondo, who is a winning veteran, to um, to try to help the team along. So I think that that's I think it's a great trade for the Cavs, and I think it's a great trade for the Lakers too, because if the Lakers weren't using him, you know, free up his money, try to go after somebody else. So the full trade, the Knicks got involved though. It became a three team trade. And um, we got Lakers fan right here, right here, Donald Hill. Uh, win win for the Lakers on that, without a doubt, without a doubt, an absolute win win, um, for the Lakers because you know you get you get to free up the money. Um, Rondo's not even playing, and you're and you now have an open roster spot too to possibly try to sign somebody if you want to take on a veteran contract or something like that another veteran minimum anything like that it definitely definitely makes a lot of sense but the full trade the Knicks ended up getting involved today which was very interesting so it ended up becoming a three-team trade so the Cavaliers got Rajon Rondo all they got the Knicks ended up with Denzel Valentine who they decided to waive uh it was interesting because Valentine was on the Cavs he was in the first rendition of this trade, he was going to go to the Lakers and the Lakers were going to wave him, but the Knicks got involved. So the Knicks swipe Valentine, but they're going to wave him. So he'll become a free agent. Uh, he won't play a game and to get the draft rights to Brad Newley, who was a second round pick in 2007 and Wang Jelen, who was a second round pick in 2016 and cash from the Lakers. So, these there's three players who have never played a game in the NBA um, that were involved in this trade, the draft rights to these guys. And part of the reason why the draft rights to these guys were is they, the Knicks were kind of hoarding or the Cavaliers and the Lakers were kind of hoarding the draft rights to these guys. And these guys are never going to come over to the NBA. That's basically a given thing. Um, they're they, this dude, Brad Newley, who was traded to the Knicks, uh, was drafted in 2007, was a second-round pick, and has not come over in 14 years. So it's it's pretty safe to say that he's not going to be playing in the NBA. Uh, Wayne Jelen was drafted in 2016, has never came over. And um guy that the Lakers got, too, the Lakers got its – Lakers basically traded Rondo and Cash – just to free, just to free get Rondo off the roster, and they took on the draft rights to Louis Labiri, who, 2014 second round pick. Again, these three guys um, are never going to play in the NBA, so it's kind of just they're kind of just throw-ins, so a different team can have the rights to them. So there's it really is. Cavs get Rondo, Knicks get Denzel Valentine, and the Lakers money, and the Lakers basically get nothing. They. Get through it, they threw in Rondo right there, and the Lakers technically um, get the draft rights to a player from 2014, which doesn't mean anything. It's really just to free up money for the Lakers, to free up a roster spot, and to free up money uh, in order to possibly make a trade, sign somebody if you know a player gets bought out. Who knows? Whatever the situation is, but that's our first like 
big in-season trade that's happened so far, um, Rondo for Denzel Valentine. I mean, we saw early last season James Harden got traded to the Nets, so, you know, nothing's been able to to top that one yet. It's going to be very difficult to top a James Harden trade, but uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see where the, this year's trade deadline is definitely going to be interesting. Going to be a lot of buyers, a lot of people looking, a lot of teams looking at Jeremy Grant on the Pistons and, you know, a few other names that are floating around there. So I think that'll be interesting. And Kyrie Irving said to make his return on Wednesday. So Kyrie, haven't seen a second of him in the 21-22 season so far. Obviously, all NBA fans know um, he's not vaccinated. New York City demands you be vaccinated in order to play in New York City. So he has not been able to play any home games. Because of that, the Nets completely kicked him off the team, uh, made him stay home. They he, they didn't want him associated with the team if he wasn't going to play. But just recently, the Nets had about 10 guys go down with COVID. So they reintroduced him back to the team. And, you know, not, not very shockingly, um, Kyrie came back and the second he came back, he got COVID and he was on the COVID list for a while, but now he's off the COVID list and he was gearing up basketball activities and is set to make his return on Wednesday. He's still not allowed to play games at the Barclays center because New York city does not allow you to play if you're not vaccinated, but he's allowed to play away games. So as of right now, I think the nets, the nets are planning on having him play all of their away games. Um, I, I don't know if he'll be able to go into Toronto. Uh, I know that the California teams, um, I don't even, I I don't know if they've done their California road trip yet, the Nets, but I know the California teams were doing the same thing. So he might, might have not been able to like to go play in, uh, at stable center. I know it's not stable center anymore, but it's, it's, it's always going to be the stable center, uh, in Sacramento, in Golden States, like those kind of places. But I'm pretty, you know, when I when I think about it, I'm I'm not specifically sure, but I'm pretty sure the Nets have already done their California road trip. But either way, either way, Kyrie's going to have to play road games until they get all of this figured out. But he will be back. He will be making his season debut on Wednesday. It came out, so that'll be definitely very interesting to see. And the Nets have been amazing this year. Both James Harden and Kevin Durant have are both in the MVP conversations. They both have had ridiculous seasons holding down the fort without Kyrie. And now you just add Kyrie back to the list and the Nets are going to be the team to be in the East. If, if Kyrie's able to play in a ton of games for them. So that'll definitely be very interesting to see. Now, before we get, we get down to the all-star predictions and some other NBA stuff, we'll slide over to college basketball a little bit. Uh, real quick, we'll go over some of the AP poll that just dropped today and some of the top college games of the week. So first off, new AP poll just dropped. Um, the top seven all remained the same. So there really wasn't there really wasn't a ton of movement. The top 25, for the most part, stayed relatively similar. Uh, the top seven com- remained completely intact. Baylor 1, Duke 2, Purdue 3, Gonzaga 4, UCLA 5, Kansas 6, and USC se- at 7. Um, but a few teams fell. Iowa State had got their first loss to the season to Baylor. I came on Saturday, and I'll tell you what, I watched every second of that game, and my God, both Iowa State. Iowa State's got a gritty team, and Iowa State's, like, you know, 
I know that nobody expected them to be that good, but they're a real they they're a real contender to knock off some of these these top teams. Do I think that they're going to go deep in the tournament or something, anything like that? I really don't think so. They've got Isaiah Brockington, and that's about it. He's their go-to scorer. But I, I, I like Iowa State's grit, and they got a new head coach. I, I just like the way that they play, and you know they they gave Baylor some fits. They really did, and Baylor is just a structurally sound team too. And they ended up pulling away as they were supposed to, but Baylor is still undefeated, and they're at number one. But Iowa State fell three spots; they were eight this week. Now they're eleven. Uh, Texas jumped three spots after their win. They were seventeen this past week. Now they're fourteen. Texas had big aspirations this season. Um, probably they were, you know, most people thought that they probably would have been a top 10 team for the majority of the year. That was not the case. They've been the lower part of the top 25. Most of the season, they've dropped a few games. Marcus Carr hasn't, uh, but most of their players haven't lived up to the potential. And, and then Alabama jumps four more spots. Alabama kind of fell a little bit, had some bad losses, but a couple more big wins. They jumped four spots from 19 to 15. Providence too. Providence, I'll tell you what is the talk of college basketball right now when you're talking about the teams who are on the rise. They're 13 and 1 now this season. They jumped five more spots in the top 25. They they debuted in the top 25 last week for the first time this season at 21 and now they jumped from 21 to 16 this upcoming week after a couple more big wins. Providence is looked off. They're they're on the way to a potentially dynamic season running the big east and villanova has not been amazing this year so can we see a little disparity in the big east with like with the potentially uh new regular season champion we'll find out but providence has been red hot Tennessee also fell a little bit they fell four spots from 14 to 18 lsu fell five spots from 16 to 21 after their tough loss the biggest fall though um in the top 25 was seen hall seen hall had some had a bad loss I forgot to who this past week, but they fell nine spots. They were 15 last, uh, last week, and now they're 24, barely hanging on to the top 25 heading into this week. And Colorado State also remains undefeated at 10-0, and and they're, they stick at number 20. They've been in the top 25 now for the past either three or four weeks, but Colorado State has been has become a staple in the top 25. They're still undefeated, so you know you can't, can't kick. Now that they're in the top 25, you can't kick them out until they lose a game. So, you know, if they keep going undefeated, they're they're going to be uh, in the top twenty-five for a long time uh, for the rest of the season. It's it seems that way. So that's the new AP poll that dropped. Not a t- I have, we didn't have an episode last week, so kind of like a mix of those things. But if you know if you saw the AP poll from last week, it's it's pretty much it's very similar. Biggest jump was Providence, who jumped five spots. Biggest fall was Seton Hall, who fell nine spots. And besides that, you know, it was a bunch of like falling three or jumping four or or something like that, you know, not a ton. And I don't believe anybody fell out of the top 25. I believe that it's the same 25 teams that was last week. It was just teams moved up and down. Um, I don't think, I don't believe that anybody, um, that anybody fell in or out of the, of the, uh, of the pool this week. So interesting to see so now now we'll jump over to some of the top college games of the week uh good slate i'll tell you what conference play begins this week and we have a good slate um of college basketball 
to report for the rest of the week. Well, this one's going on right now, but I had to include it because, you know, it's definitely one of the better games of the of the week. Number 23, Wisconsin, at number three, Purdue. A little uh, Big Ten rivalry right there, a little Big Ten conference play. So obviously, as we were saying before, conference play began for all these conferences. Uh, some of them begin this week. So we're starting to see some gritty Big Ten matchups, some gritty SEC matchups, Big 12 so on and so forth, Big East matchups. So like, this is where the fun begins, really, when conference play begins. And you start to see some of these rivalry games. So number 23, Wisconsin taking on number three, Purdue. Wisconsin 10-2 and two, uh, this season so far. This is their first game of Big Ten play. Johnny Davis has been their star, the big talk around college basketball when it comes to Wisconsin, averaging 20.8 points, 6.6 boards, and as a potential lottery pick as a sophomore now. He's a great all-around score, gritty player. I like I like what I see a lot from Johnny Davis and Purdue. Obviously, ranked number three in the country. They're twelve and one this season. Uh, this is also their first game of Big Ten play, and their only loss this season came to Rutgers, which was a close one. Jay Nivey averaging sixteen five and three. Uh, Zach Eady averaging fifteen and seven. Travion Williams averaging thirteen and nine. Uh, def- all having tremendous seasons. So this this is a good one. Don't know exactly what the score is. You know, it's started at 7 o'clock here local time on the East Coast, um, and it's almost 9 o'clock, so this game is probably over. Let's, you know, it's, let's go find out right now um, what the score of this game is, and we're going to keep you, we're going to keep everybody updated. So, 62-60, Purdue leads with 344 left in the second half. So we'll we'll keep you updated on that one. Um obviously that that's that's going to be a huge win if Wisconsin can somehow pull that out. Purdue's only up by two. Um but that's that's a very interesting one. So jumping over to a little SEC showdown that's that begins tomorrow tomorrow night, Tuesday night at seven. We got number 16 Kentucky taking on number 21 LSU. Uh, Kentucky's 11 and two so far this season this is their first game of SEC play. Oscar Shebway has been their big, their big player. He's averaging 15.8 points, 15.2 rebounds. He leads all of division one in rebounding this season and 1.5 blocks. So he's been an absolute steal from the waiver wire this past year. He's been a menace for Kentucky down low. And when it comes to SEC and dominating some of the other bigs in the SEC, he's, I think he's going to keep this, this tough streak going and then lsu is 12 and 1 this is their second game of sec play their first loss of the season to auburn was on wednesday they were undefeated before that so they fell a few spots but um lsu is 12 and 1 terry eason has been their big player 15.8 points 7.4 rebounds and darius days who is one of the, who's one of their returning veterans, I believe he's a senior, is averaging 15 points, eight rebounds. So those have been their two best players. Um, don't have any big uh, recruits, big uh, one-and-done potential guys this season like they did last year um, with, uh, with a couple of guys. Well, last year, Cam Thomas was really the only one when I'm trying to think about it. I think Cam Thomas was really the only – the only big one and done for them last year. If I if I forgot one, definitely drop a comment below. But um they got a few returning guys, had some guys leave. But Kentucky, 
once again supposed to be at the top of the SEC. Uh, this is going to be a big game for them at 11 and 2, and LSU is 12 and 1, ranked 21 this week. And then we got a nice little Big 12 showdown going on tomorrow, same time. So see what you prefer tomorrow night if you're in the mood for SEC basketball, if you're in the mood for Big 12 basketball. Totally up to you. Oklahoma takes on number one Baylor. Uh, Oklahoma's 11 and two this season. They're unranked, but it's their second game of Big 12 play. They beat Kansas State this past week. Um, they have a tough schedule to start off the season, to start off their Big 12 slate. They've got Baylor uh, Tuesday night, and then they got Iowa State and then Texas. So they have three top 15 teams uh, to start. And I mean, that's the curse that it is when you're playing the Big 12. I mean, the Big 12 is so tough this season. So some of the best teams in college basketball are in the Big 12 that if you're one of these teams like Oklahoma, that's, you know, a fringe team that's, um, it, that, you know, may not be amazing or anything like that, you're going to have to put up wins against these teams or or else you're going to fall deep out of uh, play out, out of March Madness contention of getting an at-large bid. But uh, then Baylor, 13-0, obviously. This is their second game of Big 12 play. As I was saying before, they beat Iowa State on Saturday in their first game of Big 12 play. James Akinjo has been an all-around sensation for them, averaging 13.6.1 assists. Um, he's been a tremendous transfer to pick up to take the place of Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler in that backcourt and Macy Oteague. Um, they lost three guys to the NBA, and they're still – Extremely dominant. LJ Cryer, Matthew Meyer, all had having great seasons. Jonathan Chum with Chachua. They they've been absolutely amazing. We got Tom Scavetta here. Head honcho review and preview. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. We got um you know, good slate of basketball coming up. Very excited about that. And um everybody go check out review and preview tomorrow night. We just had four corners on at seven o'clock. Uh, our wrestling show, we got review and preview coming on tomorrow night. Uh, Big Blue Avenue will be later in the week for you Giants fans. Go check that out. I've uh, got a full, nice big slate come, coming this week at, on review and preview. So you don't want to miss it. You want to subs- definitely subscribe uh, down below. If you're watching on YouTube and stay up to date. Or if you're watching on Facebook, like us. Give us that follow so that way you don't miss any of our contents because we we have top-notch stuff i'm telling you i'm telling you people you gotta 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 keep checking us out but jumping back into it oklahoma versus number one baylor um baylor's been great this year lj crier is their leading scorer 13 and a half points you know they've been an all-around sensation and then we got another big 12 matchup we got number six kansas taking on Oklahoma State, who has been a bit of a letdown this year, but they're still a, bit, a tough team capable of pulling off an upset. Kansas is 11-1 so far this year, ranked sixth in the country. Uh, O'Shea Abaji has been their big player, 20.6 points a game. Uh, Christian Brown has had a, a great season, too, at 17 points. Remy Martin, who is their transfer from Arizona State, their grad transfer, averaging 11 points, three assists. They've They've got star power from every which way, Kansas. And, you know, they've they've looked like a dominant force throughout this season. I'll tell you what, O'Shea Baji has was always a tremendous defender, but him staying in college is possibly one of the greatest stories of 
this upcoming 2022 NBA draft because I believe he's going to be a first round pick. And I don't think he would have ever been a, he had come out to test the waters last few years. I don't think he ever would have been a first round pick until this year. And now he's averaging 20 points a game. So, you know, sometimes for some players, it works to stay, you know, there's, there's, um, no doubt about that. Uh, we got Tom. Appreciate the shout out, Paul. Of course, conference play heating up. Go Notre Dame. Notre Dame had some good wins. I'll tell you that. Um, they didn't have a good win in football, but they they had they had a good win. They had some good wins in basketball. They also have Blake Wesley too, who I kind of, who I really like. Uh, one of their guards. But um, back to Kansas. O'Shea Baji has been taking full advantage of his senior year. 20.6 points a game this year. And then Oklahoma State, on the other hand, they brought in a couple of transfers, obviously lost Cade Cunningham this past year, so they're not nearly as dominant. They were supposed to be a little bit better, borderline top 25 team, but they're 7-4 and four to start the season. They're coming off their last two canceled games were to against USC and Texas Tech. Um, so they haven't played in a couple of weeks due to COVID. So... We'll see if this game even happens tomorrow. I guess I'm sure there's a chance that it could get canceled. Obviously, any game that I'm uh, that I'm previewing right now has the chance to get canceled. We've been seeing, you know, so many games get canceled because of COVID. So you you really never know. But now we jump back over to a little SEC showdown. Number 15 Alabama taking on Florida, who was ranked for a while but kind of fell a little bit. Um, they it fell out of the top 25. But this could this Showdowns going on Wednesday at seven o'clock. Uh, Alabama ten and three so far this year. Second uh, is their second SEC game. They beat Tennessee on Wednesday uh, of this past week. So now they got Florida again. Jaden Shackelford has been their leading guy. Sixteen point five points, six point four rebounds. Javon Quinterly has been great again, averaging fifteen and four assists this season. So Alabama has definitely been a top-notch squad. And then we got another Big 12 matchup to watch out for two ranked teams. Number 25, Texas Tech, taking on number 11, Iowa State, Wednesday at 9 o'clock. So got a full slate. You got you got two 7 o'clock games Tuesday. You got a 9 o'clock game Tuesday, another 7 o'clock game Wednesday, and a 9 o'clock game Wednesday. So you got a full slate of college basketball this week for all the fans out there. This is, it's going to be a good one. Good. Definitely going to be a good week as conference play begins, but Texas tech uh, over here is 10 and two. Um, They beat, um, they have Iowa state, Kansas and Baylor to open up their big 12 play. So they have a tough schedule. They're, (coughs) they were ranked 25 last week. They're ranked 25 again this week. And, um, they should not. They won't. They will not be ranked twenty-five next week. I'll tell you that because they have Iowa State, Kansas, and then Baylor to open up the Big Twelve. Their Big Twelve play. These they're playing some good teams. They're either going to fall out of the top twenty-five or they're going to move up a lot. If they can knock off Iowa State or Kansas or something, they're going to move up a bunch of spots. But Terrence Shannon Jr. is back. Their star player from last year, um, which is. Always good news for Red Rangers fans. And then Iowa State was undefeated going into Saturday, but they're 12-1 and now, lost to Baylor. Um, as, as we were talking about before, Isaiah Brockington's been their star player, 17 points, 8 boards uh, so far this season. They got a bunch of gritty players, a bunch of transfers too. They have almost nobody returning from like la- from last season from their uh, – se- they were like 
I want to say like five and 20 or something like something last year. They were terrible, absolutely terrible. Iowa State last year, and they've completely flipped it around. Brand new head coach, brand new guys from the transfer portal. Isaiah Brockington's a returning player, but he was on, he's been on the team before, but they have completely flipped the scripts. And now all of a sudden they're, uh, a top 15 team in the country and one of the powerhouses of the Big 12 kind of taking the place of Iowa who isn't nearly as dominant this year than they were last year and even Illinois who was a lot more dominant last year than they were than they have been so far this year and then we got a WCC matchup so show show a little love to a, a non-power five conference <coughs> um we got San Francisco taking on number four Gonzaga to open up WCC play for the two of them Thursday. This goes down Thursday night at nine o'clock. The only, only reason why I include a San Francisco game is obviously they're playing Gonzaga, but San Francisco is 13 and one this year too. Their one loss came to grand Canyon and they got one guy. You got to watch out for Jamari Bouye, who is a point guard averaging 17.8 points, 5.1 boards, 3.9 assists. He has emerged himself as a potential NBA draft pick in this upcoming draft. He's a senior. Um, I'm not sure if he's a grad senior or um, a full senior, because if he's a full senior, he'd have to declare for the draft. But if he's a grad senior that's returning for a fifth year, then he would automatically uh, be in the draft this upcoming year. But he has been fantastic this year for San Francisco. The Dons have had an amazing season. They were undefeated for a while and they lost to Grand Canyon a couple weeks ago uh, before Christmas, but and they've had a couple wins since then. So this is going to be a good WCC showdown. Probably the two best teams in the conference along with BYU um, the, this season. So it'll be definitely be an interesting one. And then Gonzaga on the other hand, 11 and two, um, this opens up WCC play for them. Drew Timmy, 16.7 points, 5.9 boards. Chet Holmgren averaging 13 points, 8 boards this season. You know, we've talked a lot in depth about Gonzaga uh, throughout the show, so not too much more to talk about them unless, you know, they start blowing some of these WCC games, but they're number four in the country right now. Uh, I Just one thing that I loved about Gonzaga's schedule making this season was that they – um, they put on, uh, they made a, a tough schedule to start the season and they played against, uh, powerhouses. You know, last year they were undefeated and they ended up losing in the national championship, but they had a very easy schedule and they didn't play a lot of powerhouses. And a lot of people were like, oh, you know, they, they took advantage of the WCC. Um, they didn't, you know, this, that, and the third, uh, they, they didn't do everything in their power to uh, to play against some of the powerhouses and they weren't ready for Baylor in the national championship. That wasn't completely true because Gonzaga was still a disgusting team regardless, and they they should have been more in that game against Baylor. Uh, I think that it was more Baylor just being a tough team than it was Gonzaga uh, not being ready for them. But I like what they did this season. They start off the season against some powerhouses, and they beat up on some, and they also lost to a couple. So they're 11-2 and now. And it's better, you know, if we've learned anything from, you know, Kentucky a few years ago, maybe like six or seven years ago, I think it was when they were undefeated and ended up losing in the final four and Gonzaga last year when they were undefeated and ended up losing in the national championship. They, it's next to impossible to 
to have an undefeated season. You'd rather get a few losses out of the way in the regular season and run the table in March than, you know, ending up going into March uh, undefeated and getting picked off in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight or something like that. So I think it's better for Gonzaga that they got a few losses, got a couple of losses out of the way. They lost to Alabama. Um, I forget who their other loss was, but they're 11 and 2 now. So entering WCC play. So they don't, they'll only be playing against WCC teams for the rest of the way. San Francisco seems like a team that has a potential to pick them off. BYU obviously could possibly pick them off. Besides that, they'll probably roll through the rest of the conference as they always do. Uh, Pacific, Marymount, uh, all the rest of them. So that's, so that's a little WCC conference game. That's going to go down on Thursday. That'll be an interesting one. And then we got another, we got a big East showdown first big east game we got uconn taking on number 24 seton hall jumping over to saturday now and <coughs> saturday at noon this one's going down um this is uconn the big east play had already started right right after christmas time so big east conference play actually started before a lot of the other conferences started their conference play but uconn is 10 and 3 and they're 1 and 1 so far in the big east play they fell out of the top 25 because of some losses, RJ Cole's having the great has having the great season, sixteen point three points, and Seton Hall is nine and three. They fell all the way to twenty four. Um, three, they've um, had three canceled games and then lost their last two to Providence and Villanova. That's why they fell so much this past week. But um, they had a bad COVID issue and then lost two in a row. Um, so they're falling a little bit. Seton Hall. This is this is going to probably end up being a big game for them uh, to get back on track, to try and knock off UConn. You know, if they, if they lose this game, safe to say they won't be in the top 25 next week, but so that'll be an interesting one. And then even though Michigan has struggled a ton this year, you have to include a nice Michigan state versus Michigan game. Number 10, Michigan state versus Michigan Saturday at two 30 <coughs> Michigan state is 12 and two so far this season. Um, they, this is going to be their second game of Big Ten play. They got Nebraska on Wednesday, um, and they've won seven straight. So Michigan State went from unranked to now 10 in the nation because they've won seven straight games. So they they got Nebraska on Wednesday, and then they have this game. So they got two games this upcoming week. Gabe Brown's had a great year at 14.2 points, and Max Christie has been their star freshman, nine points, three rebounds, two assists, uh, a potential first-round pick, and this upcoming NBA draft does a lot. Does a lot of the little things. Um, good defender, you know, good, uh, definitely good all-around player. He's he's had a good season. And then Michigan, on the other hand, has not had a good season. They're seven and five now after being a preseason top ten team. They haven't been in the top twenty-five the last several weeks, and they lost to UCF this past week, which was a big gut blow right there and they got Rutgers on Tuesday and now Michigan State on Saturday if they really want to get back on track they got to win these two games to go to 9 and 5 and to start off Big 10 play on a high note they got to they got to beat Rutgers tomorrow night first of all and then beat knocking off Michigan State ending their seven game win streak would be huge for Michigan but you know we'll see if that that can even be the case Hunter Dickinson having a decent year, but not a mate, not, you know, an amazing year having 15 points, nine boards. Um, and you know, Michigan's definitely been struggling. So then 
we got another one. We got another Big 12 matchup. We got number six Kansas taking on number 25 Texas Tech. Saturday at four o'clock. We already got, went over both of these teams, but this is going to be another good Big 12 showdown. Um, second Kansas game that we have this week that'll be good, and second Texas Tech game that'll be good. Another SEC showdown, too. Two, we got number 18 Tennessee taking on number 21 LSU. Second LSU game we have this week. Uh, first Tennessee game that we have, though. Tennessee's 9-3 so far this season. They lost to Alabama, and they lost to Ole Miss on Wednesday. That's why they fell a bit. Um, they fell, I think, four spots it was <coughs> in this week's uh, top 25. Kennedy Chandler has been their star freshman. Possible lottery pick this coming in this upcoming draft, averaging 14 points, five assists, three boards, great floor general point guard. Um, so he's so he's he's had a tremendous season. And um, this is, you know, another rivalry game, another Tennessee versus LSU. It's always always makes for uh, a good showdown, that's for sure. So now that's enough college basketball for the day. So we'll jump back over to the NBA and get into my 2022 NBA All-Star projections. So as we did last year, as I do every year, and I usually don't release them, I come out with my 2022 NBA All-Star roster projections, uh, who I think are going to are worthy of making the team. And, you know, as I do every single year, I will go on my spiel about how I think that more than 12 players deserve to make it. You know, an NBA roster is now 13 players. It should be 13 players for the All-Star game, but that's neither here nor there. No one really, no one truly cares enough. You know, I've been saying this for years. No one's ever, re- no, no one's ever listened. So, you know, not really worth going too much into it anymore. But there's only 12 spots on the team is the bottom line. And um, here's what I think is going to make it. So first off, we'll go into the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Eastern Conference starters. So what we'll do is name off the list. Every single time um, I get through the starters, I'll have them tickered below. Uh, then, the, then the bench, then I'll have them tickered below as I go over the next ones. So, just um, so keep your ears open, and you'll be able to see catch up on everything I say right after that. So, starters first off for the big men, got to be Joel Embiid. Um, Joel Embiid having another great season. Uh, he'll probably be the starting center of the Philadelphia 76ers. He's averaging 26.3 points, 10.8 rebounds, four assists, 1.4 blocks, another NBA-type season. This would be his fifth All-Star selection and his fifth straight All-Star selection. Then then at also in the front court, we got Giannis Antetokounmpo. Obviously, in another easy choice, going to be a starter, fan favorite. This will be his sixth selection. This will be a sixth straight selection. Averaging 27.6 points, 11.4 boards, 5.8 assists, and 1.6 blocks. Um, another absolutely outstanding season for Giannis. Uh, there's no doubt that he'll um, make the team and will end up being a starter. And then to round out the front court for the East, we got Kevin Durant. So this was re- relatively easy. I'd be shocked if if the front, the starting front court in the East is not Embiid, Antetokounmpo, and Durant. You know, there's some other deserving guys, but those are the three clear-cut guys. Those are the three MVP candidates. Um, this would be Kevin Durant's 12th All-Star selection, averaging a league-high 29.9 points a game, 7.8 rebounds, 5.8 assists, and 0.9 blocks. 
So having another KD type season in the backcourt. Backcourt's a little interesting. So James Harden, of course, I think that James Harden's a shooing to be a starter. Obviously, he's going to make <laughs> going to make the team. He's an All Star candidate. Um, this would be his tenth All Star selection. It would also be his tenth straight All Star selection. Um, um, he's averaging twenty two point four points, nine point eight assists, eight point two rebounds, and one point four steals. So averaging nearly a triple double this season. And then. My other member in the backcourt that I have would be Zach Levine. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people would argue. You know, a few other guys would join the backcourt, but I, I got a, I got a feeling that Zach Levine is going to get the fan vote. Um, I think that he'll end up getting his second All Star selection, which and it'll also be a second straight All Star selection. Um, at 26 points, 5.1 rebounds, and 4.4 assists so far this season. So, have that ticker below. That those are my all. Those are my. Eastern Conference starters, once again, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, Zach Levine, and James Harden is are my Eastern Conference starters. So now, checking out the bench. We got seven bench spots. Obviously very interesting. There's a lot of guys that deserve it. I'll go over who I have getting snubbed and who I think, who I have gained snub slash potential replacement players in case any of these guys get hurt or anything like that. But first things first, on the bench, I have Jason Tatum from the Boston Celtics. Uh, this will be his third All-Star selection and also his third straight All-Star selection. He's averaging 25.6 points, 8.6 rebounds, 3.8 assists, one steal. He's having another ridiculous season, one of the best players in the league, without a doubt. Uh, Trey Young, I also have on the bench. He got snubbed last year from the All-Star team. And kind of let everybody knew it's in his deep run in the tournament, um, in the, the NBA in the NBA uh, champion in the NBA playoffs, I should say. But I think he's a shooing. He's twenty seven point five points, nine point four assists. The fact that he got snubbed last year is even more of a reason <coughs> why he's going to make it this year. So this will be his second All Star selection um, in second in the past three years. He made it the year before, didn't make it last year, and will definitely make it again this year another guy who i think is without a doubt definitely going to make is demar derozan on the chicago bulls um derozan has had a ridiculous season season averaging 26.8 points five rebounds 4.6 assists 0.9 steals this will be his fifth all-star selection and his it would be his first since 2018 this would also be his fifth eastern conference all-star selection after spending the last few seasons with the san antonio spurs he's his other four selections were when he was a toronto raptor but now this will be his first since 2018. I think that he's a guarantee to make it. Um, he's arguably an MVP candidate. The Chicago Bulls are tied for the best record in the Eastern Conference right now with the Nets. So given, having Levine and DeRozan, both all-stars, I think, are pretty much givens at this point. So those are pretty easy ones. Um, another, it's one interesting one who... A lot of people might not have, but I have, um, is Miles Turner on the Indiana Pacers. I thought I thought Turner got snubbed last year. Um, I think he's having another ridiculous season, one of the best defensive big men in the NBA, and he hasn't made an all-star team yet. I think he's going to make his first all-star team this year. Um, he's averaging 13.5 points, 7.3 boards, 2.8 blocks. He's He averages three blocks a game. Basically, every single year now, he's does it year after year, <coughs> which is amazing, and one assist. Pacers have obviously struggled this year. So, you know, Sabonis has put up good numbers too, but they will definitely 
not have two all stars. I could see I could see Miles Turner though making it. Um, I think that he's gone snub the last few years, and then I also and then another forward. I have Jimmy Butler making it from Miami Heat. Butler's missed some time this season, but it's, it's going to be interesting because. Um, for this year's a lot of players have missed time, whether it's because of injuries or because of COVID or something. So there's going to be a lot of leeway when it comes to missing time for the all-star team this year. I think if a guy missed some extended period of time, um, it's, it may not be, it may not like be held against them as much as a previous season was Jimmy Butler missed a good amount of time this season, but averaging 23.3 points, 5.9 rebounds, 5.5 assists and 2.1 steals. Again, one of the best, <laughs> defensive forwards in all of the NBA. Um, this will be a sixth all-star selection. I think that he should definitely make it. The Miami Heat have been have had another great season, and you know, he's the firepower behind them. So I think that he should be in. Uh Bradley Beal, too. Washington Wizards have had another great season. This would be his fourth selection. Uh Beal averaged over 30 points per game last season, but he's not averaging nearly as much because he has a lot more help this season with Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, all with the team now. Um, he's averaging 23.5 points, but he's now averaging six assists. So he's doing more than just scoring like he was last year. Last year he was just scoring, but now he can facilitate the ball. He is able to play his own game, which I think I think has even made him a better player. I think that he, you know, he was averaging 30 points per game last year. He's arguably had a better season this year because he's doing a lot more. And he's the star player of a winning team, too. This Wizards team is actually winning. Uh, they're fighting for a playoff spot. They're an above 500 team. So I think that Bradley Beal will make it once again. Um, and uh, I think that he, des- he deserves it to make it without a doubt. It's, it's somebody on the Wizards deserves to make it, and it's going to be him. If a Wizard gets selected, the, he's the only one that's going to that's going to get the opportunity. And then Milwaukee Bucks, I believe, should have two candidates and. I was going back and forth. I'm sure you guys can guess which which two players I was debating between. Um, uh, Tom Scavetta, AB is at the Brooklyn Nets game. Okay. Um, I'm telling you, if this was a football show, I there was a lot that happened yesterday in the NFL. There was a lot that is actually hilarious. That he's at the Brooklyn Nets game, but it's, you know, I'm not going to get into it. This is a basketball show, you know. Okay, I'm sure the boys, the boys on review and preview are going to be talking all about that tomorrow. So tune in uh, tomorrow night. They, I'm sure they're going to be going over Antonio Brown and everything. Uh, that was crazy in week 17 of the NFL. But um, the fact that he's at the Nets game is actually really hilarious. But Bradley Beal, jumping back into it, Bradley Beal. Um, I think it's definitely a selection. So uh, for the last spot, the seventh bench spot, go back and forth between um, two bucks. I think that two bucks definitely deserve to make it. Giannis is obviously going to make it. And I think it's going to be either Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday. And I gave it to Drew Holiday because I think uh, Drew Holiday, this would only be his second all-star selection, his first all-star selection since 2013. So it would be his first in nine years. You know, he's a tremendous player, but almost never makes the all-star team. I think that, you know, with what he's given to this Bucks team, he deserves to make it. 
Um, 18 points, 6.6 assists so far this season, 4.5 rebounds, 1.6 steals, a premier backcourt defender, all around stud, all around stud. Um, he's been an all around stud his entire career. So I'm, I'm going with Drew Holiday as rounding out the Eastern Conference bench. So <coughs> we got on the Eastern Conference bench, we got J- Jason Tatum, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, Miles Turner, Jimmy Butler, Drew Holiday, and Bradley Beal. So we'll let that one ticker down below. And now some of the replacement players who didn't make it got Chris Middleton, um, who I was going back and forth with Drew Holiday. He's probably the biggest snub. Darius Garland of the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's tough they, with the Cavaliers having such a good season. It's tough to not have a Cavalier representative. But I feel like Darius Garland has is probably the sexiest choice um, for any Cavalier to make it. He's put up probably the best numbers. He is going to be a replacement option. LaMelo Ball, obviously, is a legitimate has a legitimate shot in the bench. I just feel like there's too much firepower in the backcourt um, in the Eastern Conference. Bam Adebayo, too, having another great season. But, again, I feel like Miles Turner should have the upper hand over him. And <coughs> Jalen Brown, too, has had another great season. But I just feel like the Celtics have, have underperformed that they probably won't get two All-Stars, and Jason Tatum is – without a doubt, going to make it. And once again, this wouldn't be an issue if you had at least eight bench spots. You know, you can give one to Chris Middleton, and then these four guys would be your top um, replacements. Or, or you could even give it to Jalen Brown, or you could give it to Bam Adebayo, or, we, you know, everybody could have a different argument. But there's, um, um, I'm, you know, I'm all for expanding that roster, but that's it. So, my Eastern Conference all so there those are my Eastern Conference All Stars. Got the bench now tickering down below. So we'll jump over to the Western Conference now. Um, the Western Conference was a lot more difficult because of the amount of star power that you have. Um, obviously, I, the Eastern Conference is a lot deeper, and the Eastern Conference is probably overall better than the Western Conference. But the Western Conference has still has the star power and the perennial All Stars that are tough to leave off of a Western Conference roster. So first off, the starters will go to the front court. We got Nikola Jokic. I think that he's a given. He has to be a starter. Um, won MVP last season and is arguably um, having just as good of a season this year as he did last year. He's averaging 25.8 points, 14 rebounds, 7.1 assists, and 1.4 steals. Like, I I don't think anybody's completely grasped the um, – the idea of Jokic of a center being a seven, eight, nine assist guy and how difficult that is, especially when he's a score first guy that averages 26 points and he grabs 14 boards a game too. He literally does everything That's the bottom line. He does everything for the nuggets and <clears throat> the team runs through him. You know, you need a, you need a bucket. He's providing it. You need a big rebound. He's providing it. You need a big defensive possession. He's he's providing it. You need um, good ball movement. He's right in the middle of it. It's just it's everything. Um, so Nikola Jokic, I think, is a shooing to be a starter. He's this would be his fourth All Star selection. It would also be his fourth straight. And then another one, LeBron James. I feel like LeBron is almost always a given as long as he's having a good season. He's and he always has a good season. Um, he's averaging. Nearly 30 points a game this year, which is fantastic. He's averaging 28.6 points, 7.5 rebounds, 6.6 assists, and 1.7 steals um, in his age 38 season. 
Um, this would be his 18th All-Star selection. It would also be his 18th straight All-Star selection. He's made every All-Star game since 2005. Um, and looking to keep that streak going this year. The only All-Star game he ever didn't make in his career was his rookie year, the 0304 All-Star game. But 0405 was his sophomore season, and he made it in 2005, and he's made it every single year since then. So uh, this would be his 18th straight All-Star selection. So I think LeBron is not only – obviously he's guaranteed to make the All-Star team, but I think he's pretty much guaranteed to be a starter too. You know, the fan vote will definitely get him in. Uh, the league vote will probably get him in. So there's no doubt about that. So that's two front court guys that I think are guarantees. Now the, the third front court guy – it could definitely be up for debate, but um, I personally think it's going to be Paul George. Um, this would be his eighth All-Star selection. The Clippers are a 500 team, but um, without Kawhi Leonard, George has really done everything for this team. He's had another tremendous season. He had a great season last year. He's having an even better year this year. He keeps getting better with age. 24.7 points, 7.1 rebounds, 5.5 assists, and two steals a game. <coughs> He's averaging this season. So I think that those are just tremendous numbers. He, he'll he probably get the fan vote uh, in order to get into the starting lineup. I I get, I would give the, I would definitely give the nod to Paul George um, if I had to choose. I definitely think that um, Jokic, James, and George uh, deserve to be the front court. And then the back court I think is relatively easy. Um, there's definitely a lot of choices when it comes to the backcourt in the Western Conference. There's a lot of star power when it comes to that. But these two guys have, have clearly should be the stars. Luka Doncic being the first one will be his third selection, third straight, averaging 25.6 points, 8.5 assists, eight rebounds, one steal. He's a consistent 25, eight and eight, eight and eight guy every single season now at this point. Um, he's and as long as he's doing that, he's going to be an all-star starter every single season. So that he um, definitely should be a, an all-star star. And then Steph Curry, of course. Um, Curry, arguably an MVP candidate, averaging 27.7 points a game this year. He had a, another amazing season last year, 5.9 assists, 5.3 rebounds, 1.6 steals, having another all-around stud year. He's obviously going to make the all-star team. I think that he'll get the fan vote. Everybody loves Steph Curry. You know, whenever he's playing, he he gets the fan vote. Uh, the players will probably vote him in too, and the coaches will probably vote him in. I could see him being the all star, an all star starter for his eighth all star selection. And so that wraps up <coughs> the Western Conference starters. Once again, I have Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Paul George, Luka Doncic, and Steph Curry are my Western Conference all star starters. So we'll have that one ticker down below now, um, in case you didn't hear me. So now we'll go over the Western Conference bench and then the potential replacements. So the Western conference bench uh, leading things off with a guy who has gotten a lot of flack this season, but has still had a tremendous year. If you look at the numbers, I know that, you know, his field goal percentage hasn't been that great. The Lakers haven't been amazing, but Anthony Davis, um, Dave, Anthony Davis has to make the all-star team averaging 23.3 points, 9.9 rebounds, 2.9 assists and two blocks. His field goal percentages have been down, but you know, when you take it, when you take the uh, all-around star power in the West, he's by far one of the top twelve players this season. Like he'll, he should definitely make the All-Star team. He's probably not going to be a starter. 
he probably doesn't deserve to be a starter, but he does it deserves to at least come off the bench. Um, and I think he will. So Anthony Davis will be that'll be his ninth all-star selection, it'll also be his ninth straight uh all-star selection. So um I think that he should definitely be making Carl Anthony Towns the next one too. Towns hasn't made it the last couple of years due to injury. This would only be his third all-star selection, which is kind of crazy for how good he's been for how long he's been around. But he's averaging 24.5 points, 9.1 rebounds. He stayed healthy all year long. He had a bout with COVID where he missed a few games, but that was it. Besides that, he hasn't had many injuries. So I think that Towns, Minnesota has actually had a somewhat decent year. There's a few games under 500, but they're in the mix for a playing spot. I think that Towns should definitely um, be making it on the bench in the Western Conference this year. Uh, he's he's definitely had a good year. And then Devin Booker, another one that um, I think is clear-cut. Phoenix Suns are the reigning Western Conference champions. Uh, this will be his third straight selection. He arguably should have more, too. He's gotten snubbed several times in his career. Um, this would be his third overall selection, too. He's averaging 23.6 points to lean score for the Suns, who are, who are the top team. Uh, in the Western Conference, also averaging 5.1 rebounds and 4.6 assists uh, in one steal. So he's having another great season, another great scoring season. Devin Booker, I think, is pretty much guaranteed. Damian Lillard being the next one. Um, Portland has had a big letdown so far this season. You know, it's there's plenty of time to get things back on track, but they have struggled big time, and they're at the bottom of the West now. But uh, Damian Lillard has not struggled a bit to start the season, but has gotten a lot, a lot more back on track and he's back up to 24.7.3 assists, 4.1 rebounds uh, on the season. Obviously a perennial all-star. I think that Lillard should definitely make it on the bench. Um, there's, you know, obviously, <coughs> and he's obviously um, he uh, top 25 player. Um uh, I mean, top 75 player um, all time. So that, uh, that definitely that definitely helps big time um, when it comes down to it. But regardless, I think Damian Lillard's going to be going to be an All Star this year. And then making his first All Star selection, the only player I have on the entire in my entire All Star team for both sides that makes their first All Star team is John Morant. I mean. Jaw has had a ridiculous season this this year for the Memphis Grizzlies. 24.7 points, 6.6 assists, 5.7 rebounds, 1.5 steals. The only thing that would keep him out of the All-Star game is the fact that he missed close to a month due to injury. But again, I like I said before, um, I, do, I think that the injury issue isn't going to hold these guys out for much longer than, in, than it did in the past. So... I still anticipate Job Morant to make it. He still deserves to make it. And then the for the last two spots, we've got two Utah Jazz. Uh, Utah having another great season. These two guys, of course, deserve it again. Donovan Mitchell making his third straight All-Star selection, 25.8 points, 5 assists, 3.9 rebounds, 1.6 steals. And Rudy Gobert making his third straight All-Star selection as well, 15.5 points, 14.9 rebounds this year, 2.3 blocks, and 1.1 assists. Uh, two absolutely dominant players, two perennial all-stars that definitely should make it with how good Utah has been this year. Um, those are without a doubt um, the my 
my choices. So I'll have that ticker below. Once again, my Western Conference bench is Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, John Morant, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert is the seven guys on my bench. My starters were Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Paul George, Luka Doncic, and Steph Curry, which gives us a nice hefty list of snubs in the Western Conference. And at the top of that list is Chris Paul, who once again is having another great season for the Phoenix Suns, um, arguably should be an all-star again. Um, DeAndre Aiden is also at the top of that list. I think that Aiden has a shot at making his first all-star team. I just think that it's very difficult in you know a Western Conference where you're up against Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, who are two centers that should make it on the bench, and Nikola Jokic should be a star. So those are three centers that should – that should easily make um, the all-star team. So, you know, do you keep four centers on the all-star team? I'm not sure they do that. So I feel like Aiden may be um, the guy that gets left off. Andrew Wiggins is another one I really wanted to put on. Wiggins has had a great year for Golden State this year. Golden State has been one of the tough top teams in the league. So I wanted to give them more than just one all-star in Steph Curry. Wiggins arguably deserves to be an all-star. It's just tough to kick any of those guys out. Um, kick any of the forwards out i only got one forward on the bench but to kick any of the other guards out um i couldn't get myself to do it you know i possibly damian lillard ends up getting snubbed or something with some of these other guys but you know you compare the stats but with wiggins and lillard you know you you got kind of have to put lillard in and then another guy who i wanted to put in so badly but the team is terrible and i just couldn't um, I just couldn't figure out figure out a way to stick him in. Shy Gilgis Alexander, he's had a tremendous season this year, but on a terrible team. Um, and the guards are just too deep in the Western Conference. If there's an injury or a COVID issue or something like that, he might be the first uh replacement in the Western Conference. I think because um he he deserves to be an All Star. If one of these guys decides not to go, he might take one of their spots, but it's just tough to put him over uh, John Morant, Booker, Lillard, or Donovan Mitchell. You know, any of those guards, all of those guys, you know, are perennial all-stars and deserve to make it. Shy definitely deserves to make it and might end up getting lucky by being a replacement, but I I just don't see him uh, making it. Then a couple of other, uh, you know, Guys worth noting, notable mentions, really. Christian Wood, Jonas Valanciunas, and DeJounte Murray. All three of those guys have had amazing seasons um, that are – they've had arguably all-star seasons in most other years, but I don't think have much of a chance of making it in the Western Conference. Um, just too much too much star power. Um, I just think that it's, it's way too much going on for um, any of those three to make it, but it's, you know – it's neither he, that's neither here nor there. We'll figure it out soon. Um, I'm very excited to see uh, what the rosters are going to be revealed and what it's going to look like. And once again, obviously in future, in future episodes in the next couple of weeks, we'll uh, see how many I got rights. Like we did last year, last year, I think I only got like two or three wrong out of the, uh, you know, not to my own horn, but I think I only got like two or three wrong out of the 24 guys that make the all-star team. So we'll see how many I get correct and how many I get wrong this year. But I've got a good feeling that I'm going to get almost completely right. I don't see too many of my selections not making it. Um, <coughs> unless there's any 
like big time snubs, but that's about it. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. Um, I want to thank everyone who tuned into the Review and Preview Network to watch another episode of the 3 and D and to all those listening via podcast, YouTube, etc. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the 3 and D. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week. Tons of college basketball, tons of NBA drama going on. Everybody enjoy it. We'll be back to, with you on Monday night at the new time at 8.30 to recap everything that goes on this week and everything that goes on the following week. So looking forward to seeing you guys next Monday. Obviously, give us a like. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on YouTube. Um, and if you like the 3 and D, go follow us over on Twitter at the 3 and D. We tweet out all, where you can find all of our episodes afterwards and you know, just news across the league and various things that I have opinions on that you know may break during the week and you know can't cover in the show that I'll tweet it. So hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week and stay tuned for some more episodes coming. Have a great night, everyone.